Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to thank you for joining us again today on the program, and I trust that you have been tuning in every week and sharing with us as we open the Word of God and uh, just dig around in this book of Revelation. Uh, we've been teaching this book now for probably over 40 weeks, and we're only in the fifth chapter of the book of Revelation, but we're going to take our time because we are having such overwhelming response from you, our viewers, that uh, I, we are grabbing actually an audience I believe that nobody else is grabbing. People that have been uh, maybe disenfranchised with others are, are touching base with us, and people who uh, uh, maybe didn't watch before are watching. And we appreciate your cards, your letters, your emails. We appreciate it when you hit us on our public profile page on Facebook at Lynn House Ministries. And uh, you follow us there, and we're coming to a city near you, and you'll be able to meet us somewhere there. Check our website out, at least for our itinerary, and come see us when we're somewhere. Also, I want to say to you that since we have taught this over a period of the last 40-some weeks, you may have just jumped in, just found us, and thought, man, I, I wish I could go back and review some of the things he's taught before. You can do it. Uh, we have archived everything that we have aired to date is on our YouTube channel. You can go to my webpage, and the address is there on the screen, and you can go to our webpage. There's a link that goes directly to our YouTube channel, and uh, all the programs that, we've, uh, that we have taught on the book of Revelation are archived there, so you can go back and view them at your leisure. Uh, you can also get the TBN app for your iPhone or smart television and watch us uh, uh, either on your mobile device or on your TBN or on uh, your TV through the TBN apps that are available to you through that. So there's so many ways to view it. And we, we encourage you to share these programs on your Facebook page with your friends and it helps us to get the word out about the ministry that we're sharing. And uh, I believe you'll be blessed by, by doing that. You've been following us and, and, uh, uh, and, and you've been watching uh, continually. We deeply, deeply appreciate that. Like I said, we have had such overwhelming response. We were thinking about perhaps stopping after we had went through the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation. We were going to just see whether the folks wanted us to continue teaching this or not, but the response has been so overwhelmingly positive that we have decided to continue to teach it at least for a little while. Now, uh, we, we, it brings us up. We're, we're going to begin chapter five of the book of Revelation today. We've already shared, like I said, up there through several uh, months and several weeks of teaching on the book of Revelation. But in let me just read the text. Revelation, the fifth chapter, verse number one says, And I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open the book, and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and, uh, and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, 
The four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of the odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Note this, verse number nine, they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests. Note this, and we shall reign on the earth. Not when we get to heaven, but we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne of the beast and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing at every creature which is in heaven and on earth. And under the earth, such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I sing blessing and honor and glory and power. Be unto him that sits upon the throne and under the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that lives forever and ever. Now, the first thing that I want to uh, unpack for you is the fact that he's got a little book in the right hand of the one who's seated on the throne. This little book, I believe, is the constitution of the kingdom of God called the New Covenant. It is the, the little book, the sealed book. It is the book uh, of mystery, so to speak. And I believe in that little mystery book was uh, about to be unveiled a mystery that had been hid from ages, which was Christ in among all of you, the hope of glory. Now, I believe that speaks of the Christ in us, but also talking in and among all you Jews and Gentiles. In other words, he was about to include Gentiles in the covenants of promise. When I see that, that this is an extension of the throne, I begin to uh, get excited because it, it is an extension. In other words, what is this book is about to open is, is, uh, is a manifestation of something that's coming from this throne room, or if you will, something that's coming from the kingdom of God, or something that is being unveiled or revealed by the one who's seated on the throne. Uh, now, we, last several weeks, we, we dealt with the four faces of the living creature. We're going to deal with that probably more in detail in the next chapter as we hear each one of these beasts say, come and see. But I want to unpack this a little bit for you about the word, uh, about the loosing of these seals. Uh, the, the word to loosen is a, is a uh, New Testament Greek word, luo, and it literally means to loosen. It comes from another word that means to break up or to destroy or dissolve or to literally to melt off or to put off, to literally melt off or to put off. The word for seal is the Greek word S-P-H-R-A-G-I-S. It comes from Strong's uh, New Testament word 4973. And it's, uh, it, it means a signet or as a fencing in or protecting from misappropriation. That's powerful to me. By implication, it is the stamp that is impressed as the mark of privacy or genuineness or authenticity. That's what the seal, so what he's removing, uh, when he's loosing the seals, he's dissolving or removing anything that is not the authentic. And so the only thing that can open this book and that can loose the seals is a slain lamb. Now, let me say to you that when I think about John, who is standing here in this little book, and I believe once again, this little book is the opening 
of the revelation of the new covenant and of the present reality of the kingdom of God. Remember again, this is an extension of the throne. And so I, I believe that when he says, see, the only thing that can open the book, John was later on, you heard me just read the scripture here, but John the Revelator says, I, I wept much because no man in heaven, no man in earth could, was worthy to take the book and to loose the seals and to open the book. There's no one there that could authentic, uh, authenticate what was in that book. In other words, it had to remove everything uh, that was uh, uh, holding back. Let me, let me, I, just, I wrote it in my notes like this. I says, is it possible that the removing of the seals is the removing of any concept that would misappropriate the new covenant? Especially since the word loosen means to dissolve or destroy or to melt off. So that the work of the Lamb and the work and the purpose of the Lamb is to remove anything that is not authentic and genuine that would misappropriate the new covenant. Can I tell you that what that says to me is any doctrine or idea or concept that does not come through the filter of the finished work of this slain lamb is probably not the gospel. You know, the last few words of the book of Revelation used to terrify me greatly uh, whenever I would think about, uh, you know, even, even possibly approaching this book of Revelation. And I approach it with great respect and great uh, reverence. Because the last part of the book of Revelation says anybody that takes away, let me, let me, let me, just, uh, let me just quickly go over to the last book of, of Revelation, see if I can find it real quick. It's in the 22nd the 22nd chapter of the book of Revelation, it says, And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. First of all, that's very powerful in itself. When John wrote this 2,000 years ago, he says, Don't seal up the words of the prophecy of this book because the time is at hand. If you remember John or Daniel in the book of Daniel, I said this in the last program we had, uh, God tells Daniel when Daniel was writing about not the end of time, but the time of the end. There's a vast difference. Uh, time is not ending. We talk about in the ages to come. God will make known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. But there is a time, an appointed time of the end, and the appointed time of the end was not the end of time. It was the time of the end of the uh, Mosaic Covenant and of the Jewish age. God was bringing this whole dispensation to an end, and he's opening a little book to introduce the new covenant. But he says that, uh, he said, if you seal up, he said, uh, uh, I lost my place there, sorry. And he said that everyone that hears, he said, if any man shall take away from the words of the prophecy of this book, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly, even so come Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. A amen. Uh, he tells them in verse 18, he said, Anybody who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if you add anything to it, God will add the plagues of the book, 
that are written therein. And if any man shall take away from the words of the prophecy of this book, God will take away his part out of the book of life. And it used to just terrify me as I thought about, well, who in the world would even want to take a stab at this book if the possibilities of these plagues, uh, you know, being put on you if you handle this book wrongly? That's why I say I even approach this with great reverence. But what I begin to understand is that this is not talking about somebody who takes a, uh, a shot at being able to interpret the book of Revelation, but what he's saying is anybody who takes anything away from the revelation of the prophecy of this book. Say it another way. If, if you preached, for instance, uh, let, let me say it like this. When they came up out of, when the children of Israel came up out of Egypt, they were delivered by the blood of a spotless lamb that they put the blood on the doorpost and a lamb, they brought it inside the house. The, Moses tells them, when you bring this lamb in the house, eat the whole lamb, eat the head, the legs, the pertness thereof. And he says, eat it not sodden at all with water. And so, uh, you know, when I think about that, when I'm thinking about eating the lamb, I'm thinking about more than just, uh, you know, a physical piece of meat that I got a bar, from a barnyard animal. But I, t I think about feeding on what the death of this lamb exacted for us. See, the death of this lamb exacted for us redemption from all the plagues of Egypt. It exacted for us deliverance from the bondage of Egyptian slavery. And if you, in other words, if you water down the lamb, if we preach a watered down lamb, if we water down anything concerning the gospel, we're going to get watered down effects. When he says, if you take anything from the prophecy, uh, it's going to take your name out of the book of life. I, I believe he's dealing with the whole idea that if you don't, for instance, if you say, okay, if you preach like this and you say, okay, in, in the redemptive work of this lamb, healing was not included. If you say that and you preach that and you teach that, it's going to take that aspect of the gospel uh, uh, and its effectiveness out of your life. In other words, if you don't believe Jesus is a healer and you preach a watered-down lamb, then it's not going to create faith in order to be, you know, to, to cause people to, uh, you know, be healed. If you preach that the blood of Jesus was not enough to purge the vilest sinner, then it's going to omit some, in other words, there's there's repercussions to watering down the lamb. It takes the life out of this thing. Or if you don't apply the blood of this lamb, what happens, I think, even in the book of Revelation, is that we will see in the book of Revelation that these plagues that are about to come in the next chapters, as we continue to unpack this, these wars, and you're going to see famines and earthquakes and uh, stars falling from heaven, cataclysmic events, as it were, that uh, you're going to see that uh, many of these plagues and vials and trumpets that are sounded are the plagues, that the very exact same plagues that God poured out in Egypt under those that did not have uh, the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of their houses. But when you begin to understand that the blood on the doorpost of the house uh, says to the death angel, this house has already had a, a death exacted here, then it delivers you from the death of that, uh, of that coming through from those plagues. And what I begin to see was what we have in the book of Revelation is these plagues are not all pointed towards everybody. They are pointed towards an apostate, rebellious Israel who rejected their king, of whom Jesus looked at them and said to them, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and you that killed the prophets, how oft I would have gathered you under my feathers as a hen together her chicks. See, the only place God has feathers 
in the scriptures is on the mercy seat of the wings of the cherub as they spread their wings over the mercy seat. What Jesus was saying to these apostate Jews is, I wanted to give you mercy, uh, but you would not. Therefore, your house is left to you desolate. And he prophesies to them, I believe it is, six woes. Woe to you. Uh, you killed the prophets and you garnished the sepulchers of, the, uh, uh, you know, of, 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 of your forefathers. But uh, all the blood from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zacharias is going to come upon that generation. Can I tell you that because Israel once again rejected their true Lamb of God. Jesus, when John the Baptist says, right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world because they did not put the blood of that Lamb on the doorpost of their houses. All the plagues of Egypt came upon that apostate people from 66 AD until 70 AD in the destruction of the temple and the removing of this whole Jewish uh, age and the power of the holy people was finally broken. Literally, these seals, these things were melted with a fervent heat because it literally was dissolved, uh, and this whole old covenant system was dissolved and passed away with a great noise. Oh, it's difficult to unpack all of this in just about a 25-minute uh, session. But what I'm simply saying to you is that for those of us who are believers, these things are not actually, uh, God has not, you know, for instance, I put in my notes, some things concerning wrath. It says, uh, this is the first Thessalonians chapter five, verse nine. It says, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to abstain, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, while the, the plagues of these sealed books are about to be opened and poured out on a uh, apostate, rebellious sons of the disobedience, if you will, for the believer the book of Revelation is not about coming catastrophes. Listen closely. For the believer, it's about what you've been redeemed from. That's why this lamb authenticates it. That's why if it doesn't flow through the filter of this lamb, you're going to get watered down results. But to the believer who has appropriated the blood of the lamb and got the lamb inside the house, then while there's plagues falling all around uh, Israel historically, uh, in 70 AD, the people that believed the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, when he told them, when you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, you better get out of Dodge. They were spared and went to a city called Pella. And there was very few believers that died in the siege of Jerusalem because they understood the prophecy of the words of Jesus. So it is important, uh, you know, not only to see what was uh, the judgment that came upon apostate Israel, but it's important also to see the book of Revelation as not what's coming, but from what you've been redeemed from. And not only what you were redeemed from in that time slot of history, this is where it's kind of a, a synthesis of some of the views. I still believe there's ongoing results. I mean, I believe that the blood of this lamb is relevant to every believer and every generation, that this sealed book is no longer a sealed book, that all the promises of the new covenant belong to a priesthood of believers that will receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness and reign in life by one Christ Jesus. That's a dominion, that's a kingdom scripture. We, we reign in life by one Christ Jesus. And when you see in the book of Revelation in the fifth chapter that these people uh, that are standing there are kings and priests unto our God in the fifth chapter of Revelation says, and they shall reign on the earth. I, I believe there's a people on planet earth. Excuse me if I preach God way too big for you, but I, I cannot preach a watered down lamb. If I preach God way too big and one of these days I stand before him and he looks at me and says, son, thanks 
You just preached me too big. You know, and thank you for preaching me so big that people, you know, uh, could, could believe in a great big God. But see, what happens is we water this down and we preach a God who's able to keep us during, uh, you know, uh, small things, but can't keep us in any kind of catastrophe. What I'm trying to tell you is that we serve a great big God. A wee little, there's a wee little defeated devil and a dead old man. And I'm going to continue to do like David did. I'm going to preach, oh, magnify the Lord with me. When I think about magnify, I think about taking a magnifying glass and just making God bigger. I want to preach God so big to His people. I want to preach God so big to this New Covenant church that we rise up where we're at right now and say we are, we are here to affect this planet and to change the course of human history. That's why it's important what you believe about eschatology. Because if you believe you're evacuating, you don't have any responsibility and you don't need to worry about what's going on in your community, what's going on in your home, what's going on all over the world. Because after all, you won't be here. But if you realize that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and that God's original um, dominion mandate was given to his man in Genesis Mystic Garden, that if God gave that mandate to his man, God has never changed his mind about who is supposed to rule and reign in this planet. And perhaps the conditions of the world that we are in is not because God has failed, but because his people have failed to take the authority of the believer and exercise it uh, for what we're called to do. Uh, I'm so thankful. Listen, I'm so thankful for different streams. We're, we're getting ready to have our conference September 24th to the 28th, and our theme is uh, there is a river where the streams make glad the city of God. Uh, and we're bringing together a lot of different streams from a lot of different places. But I'm so thankful for the Word of Faith movement because the guys who are teaching the Word of Faith have taught the authority of the believer and they've taught the dominion mandate. Uh, sadly enough, some of them don't teach it far enough because they don't really believe we're going to win this thing. But uh, I, I want to tell you that the dominion God gave you, the authority that you have, is big enough to change the course and outcome of human history because somewhere in human history, somebody's going to believe the mandate and the kingdoms of this world uh, are going to become the kingdoms of our God and we're going to reign on the earth. They already belong to Him illegally, but we must reinforce that jurisdiction and that authority that was given to us through the work and the power of the cross. I hope that grips you and grabs you. But see, one of the things is, again, we are not appointed to wrath. I saw something else uh, today before I came out in Leviticus, or not, not Leviticus, but uh, in uh, uh, Numbers chapter 1. Uh, verse number 52, it says, And the children of Israel shall pitch their tents, every man by his own camp, and every man by his own standard, throughout their hosts. But the Levites shall pitch around the tabernacle of the testimony, that there be no wrath, watch this, that there be no wrath upon the congregation of the children of Israel, and the Levites shall keep the charge of the tabernacle of the testimony. And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so they did. And then once again it says in verse number 9 of 1 Thessalonians 5, For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that when you looked at the tabernacle of Moses, when the camp was at rest, and we're going to get into this more as we continue this series, but there was three tribes camped on the north, three on the south, three on the east, and three on the west. Inside of those, uh, inside of the camp of Israel, there were the four 
uh, tribes of the Levites. They were the innermost. They were the, like a buffer uh, between the people and the tabernacle, that they were the Kohathite and the, uh, the uh, you know, I forget exactly their names, the Kohathites and the uh, Gershonites, the Merarites, and the Kohathites. They all were of the Levitical priesthood, and they were on the inside of that camp. As I shared with you before, the four and twenty seats that are around this throne in the book of Revelation, twenty-four, David instituted twenty-four courses of priesthood. So what that speaks to me is a new covenant company that is a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. And because there is a priesthood that's around this throne, and I believe it's made up of those that of us that are the believers. We are the chosen generation, the royal priesthood, the holy nation that God has called forth. But one of the things that it says is that he set the Levites round about the tabernacle of the testimony that there be no wrath upon the congregation of the children of Israel, and the Levites shall keep the charge of it. And uh, the children of Israel did according to the commandment of the Moses. In other words, uh, these, four, these 24 priests and these elders and these living creatures are declaring as we go into chapter 5 of this book of Revelation, they're declaring, you have redeemed us to God by thy blood uh, out of every nation, kindred, and tongue. So on the heels of that is going to be released wars and famines and earthquakes and economic catastrophe and death and all of these things, which I believe occurred in 70 AD. But what he's saying about these priests that are around him, about this throne is that they're saying, they're declaring to you as a believer, this is not what's coming for you. This is what you've been redeemed from. God has not appointed you to wrath, but to obtain salvation. That's why it's important that everything flows through the authenticity of this lamb who is slain. There's only one thing that can really open the new covenant and loose the seals and open this book, and that's a revelation of a slain lamb. That's not a, a lamb sitting on a Victorian chair somewhere said here, let me tell you what verse 1 means, let me tell you what verse 2 means. What it means is the lamb is the key. The lamb is the key to everything. The lamb opens the book, and if it does not stand the filter, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it is not the gospel, and it will either add to you uh, the plagues of the book if you don't believe that, or it will take away from you the life that's in this book if you don't apply what this lamb really did. Jesus is the true lamb of God, and John said, I wept much, but then all of a sudden the angel stopped him and said, John, don't weep any longer. There is a lion out of the tribe of Judah, and he has prevailed, and he's going to open this book, and it gives birth to a new song. And we'll talk about that probably in the next segment. Thank you for joining us this week. Take a moment to join us and be in partners with us to take the gospel around the world. If you believe in what we're doing, don't sit on the sidelines and think somebody else is going to do it. It takes everything that comes in to be able to continue to do this, and we appreciate you. We thank you, our faithful partners, who have enabled us to do that. Call that number on the screen and sow a seed into the ministry or send to that number or that, that uh, go to our website. You can give via credit card or you can send to the address that will come up on the screen. Thank you for joining us again this week. I trust you're enjoying what you're hearing of the gospel that's coming through this ministry. God bless you is our prayer for you today. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.